0: Showtime! everyone. Welcome to the Rosie and Bill Show. There is a union for actors. It's called SAG-AFTRA. It stands for the Screen Actors Guild and the American Federation of Television and Radio Artists. And in that union, there's about 160,000 members. Out of that 160,000, there's about 15%, which they consider to be working actors. Tonight, we have with us one of the elite.
1: Elite, indeed. You've seen him on the big screen. You've seen him on the small screen. You've seen him on the computer screen. You've seen him on the phone screen. You've seen him on every screen imaginable. We are so excited to welcome to the show actor, producer, and multi-screen sensation,
2: (laughs) Kevin Sizemore. Kevin, welcome to the show. Hey, 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 hey. Thank you so much, Rosie. (laughs) Thanks, Bill, for having me. This is really cool, and I'm so excited to be here.
0: I feel like we should do an episode of All in the Family because your family is so talented. We're we're having everyone on the show. Oh uh, well,
2: I'm I'm lucky to be a, a, the third wheel of that family. I'm I'm really 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 lucky. <laughs> well, I, I think all wheels are are spinning in motion and in
1: unison, and and it's great to see Kevin. And you know, speaking of being seen, based on my count, you are on about. 15, uh, you come up about 15 times on Amazon Prime in terms of uh, movies there on that streaming network. And on Netflix, you appear in what has been one of the most successful movies in some time on Netflix. It was in the top 10 most watched for a couple of weeks. And it's been one of the best movies I've seen in a long time, My Nine. Can you tell us a little bit about that movie and what that experience was like for you?
2: Yeah, thank you. Uh, Mine Nine is nothing more than a claustrophobic thriller, really. That's exactly what it is. There's nine coal miners who go two miles underground, and there's a really bad accident and a multitude of accidents that happen. And next thing you know, there's they're left with one hour of oxygen left, and how are they going to get out? What's going to take place? Who's going to come and save them? Is anyone going to come? Uh, so you learn about who they are as individuals. And first and foremost, you learn how dangerous this job being a coal miner is for the guys and gals that do this all over the country.
0: Well, we see the uh, poster behind you. Oh. It looks like an an autograph poster. Kevin, what, yeah, I bought are... it on Amazon. <laughs> what was your experience like filming that?
2: Oh, it's one of the most uh, gratifying experiences and hardest that I've ever done. Uh, the director and writer's name is Eddie Mansour and he's also from West Virginia. And when the role came my way, I was offered a different character at first. And even though I liked that other character, Daniel spoke to me just so much more. And, um, I, I decided to audition, even though the, the first role was offered to me, I, I graciously declined that role, but I said, I'm willing to audition for Daniel. And, um, Luckily for me, uh, it worked out. But at the same time, when I was auditioning, I told him, I said, you have to cast me, even if I'm no good. And he said, why? I said, because I'm from West Virginia. You don't have any West Virginia actors in a movie about West Virginia coal miners. So I kind of, you know, strong-armed in there. But it was wonderful. Uh, We had a great cast. i tell you, when you work with conditions like a mine with less than 45 inches of height and you're crawling and bent over on your back and – it's, it's, it's narrow. It's, it's dirty. It's, it's, um, it's hard, but then you realize we're just actors. You know, these men and women, they do this for a living for 14, 16 hours a day. And we're down there, I don't know, two, three hours at a time. Then we come out and then we go back. Then we come out and we go home and start it all over the next day and we're done in a few weeks. They're there for years. So it's, it's just a different mindset when you really are doing it.
0: How far down were you And how far down was the set? Well,
2: here, well, here's what's weird. Um, you've seen the movie. So you tell me what was real and what wasn't real. I never went into the mines from what we shot. Wow. So that's how great, you know, the set design was. Tim Barrett was our set designer along with Eddie and they <laughs> it's made out of styrofoam. He hmm. didn't even know that.
0: No.
2: So, and I never really told anyone that because it's so good. Now, what they did do is they went into the mines, and they shot plates where they were videoing, and you know, Matthew Boyd took the camera down with Eddie, and they were videoing. So what you're seeing in the mines is real. You see the you see the real miners there, you see everything that's real, and a lot of those miners that we videoed were the guys at the end of the movie. So what would happen is we would shoot a miner from the back, so whatever they're doing with their back to the camera, and then they would put a, a night day, Vaccaro did all the the effects, so she would put us on a green screen, and we would actually match looking at a computer monitor, and we would match exactly what those positions are, what these guys are doing, from the back, right? And they would say action, and they would be like boom, 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 and we would walk, and we would turn into the camera and finish our scenes, and then we would carry out the rest of the scene. So I think she did six hundred and some odd effects. I mean, it's she, she's a superstar. I mean, she she's a superstar. Um, but I think it's my nine movie you can go on and look at the behind-the-scenes making of, and it's really fascinating.
1: Well, Kevin, one thing that I just want to refer back to real quick, and, and I believe we actually have the trailer to look at. And I'm, I'm really excited to, to share that with our audience. But you mentioned the word in the beginning when you, you talked about claustrophobic. And I, I didn't realize I was claustrophobic until I had my first MRI. And there were shots in this film where I felt like I was looking, I, I was almost in an MRI tube. That's how closed in I felt while watching it on my flat screen television. It was absolutely amazing.
2: Well, we're on that man trip and we're driving in. I know the shot you're talking about just by your description. It's it's in the very beginning of the movie after we've already taken our votes. You know, when, when Zeke comes up, played by Terry Serpico, he comes up and myself and Drew Starkey and Clint James and Mark Ashworth, we're all sitting there talking about are we going to go to work or not? And my character says, you know, I'm more valuable underground dead than I am up above the ground alive if I don't work. So yeah, we got to go to work. I got to protect and save my family. Right after that, we cut to us um, at a party and then we go into the uh, underground and we literally, if I were to lay back, cause we were all leaning back on that shot, I couldn't even do this. That's how low it was. So what you're seeing when the camera's kicking up, Mm -hmm. I mean, we're talking eh, maybe that much. It was, it was, it was interesting. It was real. I mean, it it looked real. Well, I'm glad it paid off because, you know, when you're shooting a movie that is a lower budget film and you're, we shot that movie in 15 days. Um, Now they, it took them sweat equity years to put together that set but the actual filming was maybe two weeks and we were in and out. Um, But, but I just knew something was special about it. And the most important thing for me was I didn't want to go back into my hometown of West Virginia, my home state of West Virginia after someone knows I did a coal mining movie and it not be good. Hmm. Now, again, it is a movie. So there are certain liberties that, uh, that you have to take to make it a film. You might not have, the flood and the explosion and this and that all at the same time. But um, when, when you screen your movie for the first time, like we did in my hometown of Princeton, West Virginia, with almost 850 people in the audience and 150 of them are coal miners and they stand up and give you a standing ovation and they are waiting for you when you come out and they're crying and they're saying you have no clue how real this was, you know, I still work at the mines and I work there because my daddy worked there and my granddaddy worked there. And, you know, I, I lost my, I lost my finger or, you know, I messed my leg up or whatever. They are heroes. I mean, they are literally when you go home every single day and you turn on your power switch guys, it's because of our coal miners, right? Yeah. So when we look at those things and we start really breaking down you know, we have so many heroes right now on the front lines protecting our country, you know, our nurses, our, our doctors, our people driving food across country in the semi-trucks, our law enforcement. Our coal miners, are, are they've always been heroes to me, especially where I'm from in West Virginia. Well, to this day, somewhere between 40 and
1: 50% of our energy comes from the work that those guys and gals are doing. Yep. So you're and, right. And,
2: and they do not get enough credit. Um just uh, just last night, we did a live feed with the um, um, United Steelworkers of America. They contacted me and wanted, us, wanted the entire cast to come on board. And the the ending of it, you know, the ladies, Janet, she's crying because not not what we did. It's just that she is so passionate about her job and she's a part of a mining family Um success comes in many different forms and fashions so the way I look at success for me it's not about what you make it's that if you can touch someone with a movie with a song with a piece of art man how many people really get a chance to do that ever mm-hmm. and I've been very fortunate to be a part of a few projects you know whether it be woodlawn or the case for Christ or you know what whatever projects TV shows whatever that someone has said hey that character really touched me you, you can't put a price tag on that.
0: Kevin, that's why art is so important, because it really can pay homage to people, everyday people who are out there really doing things that maybe we take for granted, but couldn't live without. And it is yeah. nice when people do feel um, acknowledged for the sacrifices that exactly. they make.
2: You know, it's it's weird, because I've always thought that, but I think I have processed it more since we've been ordered to stay home because when you, you know like for example today I um I, I grabbed six quarters out of the kitchen and Gunner was doing a puzzle he just finished school and he heard me tossing quarters and he's like what are you doing dad I said I'm just playing quarters you playing quarters. what are you talking about I said well <laughs> come on let's check it out so we go out on the front porch, and you know where I live, Ro. So we're out on our front porch, and I'm standing with my back against our mailbox, and we're pitching quarters across our our, our area, and and we did it for 30 minutes. But <laughs> so then you know, you're thinking on the simplistics of life, right? You think of that. Now, is that art? No, but that just it just allows you to break free and do things that you never thought of. I mean, I've watched TV shows I've never imagined. I've watched movies I've never even thought of, and I'm watching them in a completely different light because I'm not so stressed out, meaning, oh, we got to go, we got to go. We run so fast. You both know this. We're so busy that we don't slow down and go, let's just, let's breathe. Let's just breathe. And Ro, you're going to be busy because they're going to keep bringing your butt back on Law and Order.
0: (laughs) (laughs) From your mouth to God's ears. Well, along those lines, Kevin, let's um, share your Mine 9 trailer with our viewers.
1: Sure. We are cutting coal 2,000 feet deep. We are filled up with more methane than any other mine in this area. Paycheck's more important than getting shut down. Paycheck ain't gonna meet. You die two miles in. Cut and cold risky business. Gotta hold your own down here, understood? When those pumps give out, and they will, then my men are gonna drown two miles in. Unless an ignition burns us up first.
2: And we are all sitting right in the middle of it. God's going to protect us. God will not protect us in hell, John.
0: Keep breathing.
2: Just breathe what you got.
1: Well, folks, we hope you enjoyed that trailer. And I'm telling you that that's nothing compared to the full experience of this movie. And I think you could see, even in that clip, what I was talking about in terms of feeling like you were there. Absolutely, you you feel like you were there. I got claustrophobic just watching the trailer again.
0: Kevin, it was tremendous. It really was. Everyone was tremendous, but you're on our show and I want to make sure that you know how much respect we have for your work in general, and especially the work in that movie. Um, We're gonna switch gears for a little bit because people think that when you're on television, you've made it. You're, You're good to go, you don't have to worry anymore. And obviously we know that's not the case, that it takes a lot of work and a lot of luck to get to the point where you don't have to worry about when the next job is coming. So on those lines, what we have to do sometimes is find ways to create our own work. Can you speak to us about the kinds of producing that you have done, um, not only to help yourself, but to get other people's projects off the ground?
2: Yeah, sure. Um, well, most, most recently, since we're under this pandemic, I, I was trying to think of ways to be creative. And it wasn't necessarily about doing anything other than just how can I be creative? And a friend of mine, whom you all know, Dream of Denver. Uh, she's from West Virginia, and she wrote a children's book called Four Bears in a Box. And when she sent me the book, as soon as I finished reading it, I go, something, something's working. Like, I, I can do more with this. I wanted to take those characters, those four bears in a box, and bring it to life other than just someone reading it. So I asked her <laughs> if I had the liberty just to surprise her. She said yes, and I contacted a, an amazing talent named Charlie Adler. He's one of the top voiceover actors for animation and cartoons of all time. And he's the one that uh, he directed my son in the Kung Fu Panda Paws of Destiny on Amazon Prime. So I've gotten to know him really well for the last three years. I said, hey, I want to throw this together. Here's the camera angles I want you to do. Film this on your iPhone this way. Give me an angle this way. Give me an angle that way. And he's like, oh,
0: well, okay, whatever, yeah.
2: He shoots it. like it.
0: a true producer. <laughs> Trying
2: my best. And I'm doing this from my house, literally from this desk right here. I'm like, hey, Charlie, do this. And then I pick up the phone and I call Del Nora Reed, who's a musician who went to my high school in Princeton and she now lives in Nashville. And I said, Here's what I want to do. I know you play the mandolin. I'm trying to add some live music to this little reading that Charlie's doing. And I don't want to score the whole thing. I just want it to be like when when the bear falls off the ladder, you hear boom, 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 boom. You know, something like that. It's just cute little riffs. And and there's a there's a nice little homage to uh, Gilligan because Dream of Denver was married to Bob Denver who was Gilligan's Island and we added some of that in there as well so we did it and I just jumped on the computer and I started editing and playing with it and I go this is really good like this is great for kids to see when you do stuff that's creative you're not thinking about trying to get a paycheck you're just having fun and I think that's what we as actors I know I have in the past you get caught up in that you're you're thinking well i have a mortgage i have a car payment i have whatever whatever i got to get this job when you walk in auditioning to get that job you're looking like this and you're really trying to get that job and they're going what in the heck is wrong with you and i'm going i'm broke <laughs> right but you show up and you have a hundred dollar bill in your back pocket you just keep it there like i'm okay and you just show up and you think first off i'm good enough as me i'm good enough as me and if you want someone else better looking, taller, shorter, ugly, or pretty, whatever you want. Okay. But I'm going to give you my interpretation and you can redirect me if you want, but I'm good enough as I am. So, uh, no letters or photos from my wife.
0: Come on. When's the last time you had a cheeseburger?
2: You don't have to do this. Yeah, I do. Why? What I'm done with this trouble. It's going to find me. And I got to cut it clean. Dang. One more time. I promise. One more time, and we're free. Okay. I've said that before. This time is different.
1: Now, Kevin, another uh, project that you're involved with that we wanted to just talk with you a little bit about. And I've heard it described as. Um, kind of like The Walking Dead Without the Zombies, uh, a series called The Dark. And, and I read a little bit about it, and
2: man, it looked deep and it looked
1: good. Tell us
2: about that. Yeah, we're excited about that. Uh, our director, Chip Rossetti, and uh, Questar Entertainment out of Chicago, they produced it. It's, it's pretty much, it's like the seventh year of, of the Tribulation and, you know, Christianity and all that. Everything's been wiped off the face of the earth for years. There's a handful of people that are still trying to survive. And what, we, what we've what we come to realize is everything on the outside feels like, like you said, it's the walking dead, but they don't know that we're still hunkered down into this church. And there's only a handful of us left. Uh, my wife has passed away. My son's been taken. There's a lot of issues that we're dealing with. But then we find out that someone could still be out there that's part of our team that's alive. So we have to go out there and find them. And when we go to find them, that's when we also realize is my son still alive too so we're really going out into the dark to try to find these people and um and hopefully they're still there and again we don't know what the dark is is it a thing is it is it something out there is it a person we don't know what it is and you quickly you quickly realize what it is very very fast
0: well we look forward to seeing that
2: it's going to be fun. Right now we've shot the first five episodes and um, it should be out, I would think, in the next few months.
0: Okay. We'll have to keep our eyes peeled for that. And uh, you did, an, uh, was it another series called Puckheads?
2: Well, we shot the pilot for Puckheads, which is fun. Uh, uh, quite, quite a ways back, actually. We're trying to find out where we're going to go with the Puckheads project. But I tell you, that's fun because it's, it's a true, <laughs> there's nothing really done with hockey, right? So, um, remember necessary roughness? Yeah. Football, right? Yeah. That's puck heads. Oh, wow. So think of necessary roughness. You think <laughs> of puck head, you're getting all these great stories with all these guys and they're all, they're all true stories. And, and I played the coach of the hockey team. And we're, uh, we suck. We're really <laughs> bad. And, um, we're trying to, you know, build that up. We have a good cast. Colin, Colin Eggersfield's in that. And Nick DiTuro and, uh, Vanessa angel Donnie most uh, it's it, it's fun real really really fun cast
0: your son followed in your footsteps and he is an actor on and and on camera and behind the microphone and uh, how do you feel about that is that something that you really really encouraged or how does that resonate with you when you see him working
2: well he's really good so I'm blown away when I see him work um, you know he started off doing some commercials with me and we would walk into a casting office and he would have his little Chuck Taylors on his pants rolled up. And listen, this, and this, I, I don't mean this to be, you know, silly, but it's the truth. Any kid, whether they're cute or ugly, they're still cute. Right. So every kid's cute. <clears throat> um, so Gunner was, I thought he was a cute kid. You might not, but I, I thought he was adorable. So we would walk into a casting session and they just fell in love with him because he spoke so eloquently at such a young age. I mean, I think he was, you know, he, he was reading at like one, like it was crazy. So he can memorize stuff at two and three and speak in like the right tones. Like he would hit jokes the right way and I'm like, man, he's pretty good at this. So my, my, uh, my agent, after we booked a little commercial thought we would maybe go in and do some voiceover. I had no clue about that world whatsoever. And him and his little raspy voice, he ended up, uh, booking his first little, Series that he went out on after three weeks, and next thing you know, he just kept boom, 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 boom. And after the years of him doing a few TV shows, he did he did one of his favorite TV shows, Kicking It, which was great for Disney. And then after he did the the uh, ABC show for Nashville for a season, um, that's when he told me, he "Goes, Daddy, goes, I, I I like the on camera stuff, but I love voiceover." And that's when he started taking off with Kung Fu Panda and Craig of the Creek and Ben 10 and. Uh, blah, 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 all the stuff he's doing. When I get a chance to see him in a booth and I'm, again, it's not my world. I'm like just dad. I'm Gunner's dad. Um, There's times where I just have tears in my eyes and I go, man, this kid is doing what he loves to do. I didn't know what I wanted to do until I was what, 19, maybe 20. I don't know. And he's figured this out at that time, 12, 13, 14, now 15 years old. I'm, I'm blown away. I'm lucky, you know, f- to 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 have met my wife Gina Lombardi at a restaurant, sitting there having breakfast on a Sunday afternoon, and to be uh to be with her all these years later and to have gunner Listen, we're in a in a horrible situation in our world, but I am the luckiest man alive.
0: Wow. That's wonderful. And I, I agree. You guys have an amazing, amazing family, and Gina is incredible. And uh, you've just raised a beautiful, a beautiful young man there. So. Well,
2: thank you. And you know, we have a really fantastic uh, godmother. <laughs> uh, I don't know, if, Bill. I don't know if you know her, but mm-hmm. her name is Roro.
0: <laughs> That's right. Gunner, Gunner's Gunnar's like uh, her name's Aunt Roro. Of course, I think he's grown out of that a little bit now. Yeah,
1: he is. Oh, has. and Bill show.
0: Yeah. R- the R- 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 show. That's the new name. Wow. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for for coming on the show and sharing your talent with us and all of these wonderful projects you have going up and folks, again, keep your eyes peeled out for The Dark Puckheads and of course, go to Netflix and watch My 9 because you will be happy that you did.
1: Yeah, and just as a quick side note, my son Texted me the other day, Kevin, and he said, yo, Pops, what's good on Netflix? I'm pretty sure that was a quote. I said, "Mine nine, check it out. And a couple hours later, I got thumbs up. Good call, Pops.
2: Oh, wow. Thank you so much. And, and, and again, thanks for having me. You only had to, you know, ask. You did, I don't even think you got the whole question. I'm like, hey, Kevin, will you come on? The-? Yes. <laughs> I'm happy to support you, too. I'm really a big fan of what you're doing. I think your show is going to start to blow up this year because what you're doing is great. And you're bringing, like you said, you're bringing positivity out there To We need it. We need positivity. We
0: sure do. Right? Let's just have
2: fun. Let's let's not take everything so serious. You know, there's serious moments, but how can we still enjoy our life? Because this is the new normal for now. And thank you too for bringing the Rosie and Bill show to so many people. We appreciate it. Absolutely.
0: Well, we'll see everyone next week.
2: Thanks for watching. And Since it's your first time going underground, I I just thought maybe you should just know something about
1: him. Why?
2: Why? He ain't never told you? No, he he didn't tell me. After every single shift, they'd, they'd come out here and said they'd seen something. What happened to him? The roof fell, and them boys dead.